0: And while you are there don't forget to follow me on twitter at shalom klein it's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss so let's jump right in later on in the program i'm going to talk about uh, some of the tips about working remotely but on that note i'm super excited to have our first guest susan sykes who together with co-author uh david Hyde, um wrote uh bestseller yes you can take a day off escape the nine traps of growing your small business so uh, susan i know you and david have uh have each owned a small business and uh, it's a pleasure always to feature entrepreneurs on the program welcome to get down to business
3: thank you so much for having me i'm looking forward to being here today
0: absolutely so i love to get to know the person behind the microphone again an entrepreneur i know that you've lived and breathed this uh, experience of uh, keeping work and home life in balance. So tell us a little bit of your background and how it led to writing this book.
3: So thanks for asking me, that's a great question. I actually started out um, many years ago in the technology space and in the, you know, I think I've been a budding entrepreneur since I was born actually. So I was always, you know, the lemonade stand kind of kid. Um, but then in the technology space in the company that i worked with, I either was starting new divisions all the time and helping to grow new divisions, or helping to grow new markets within that company. Eventually, I left there, started my own uh, technology reseller company, and then from there, ended up at Sandler. So I've done an entrepreneurial thing for a while.
0: Absolutely. And I know um, we're not going to share all of the secrets of the book, but you provide a pretty honest look at the realities of running a business. So again, with that hat in mind, um, Susan, what was that one aha moment, or maybe there were many um, when you were running a business of either the greatest joys, but also, frankly, the most challenging, challenging days that you can share with our listeners?
3: Yeah. So I think that's another really awesome question because it is a journey, right? So theres I don't know that you could really say there's one super aha moment that changed everything for me. I've had successes and failures along the way, just like everyone else. But if we think about running a business and some of the challenges that you face, most people start a business because they're super good at something, right? Like it could be they're a great accountant or maybe they're a great plumber, but they start a business because they're really good at something. But it rarely ever is about I'm really good at running a business. And so we have to figure out how do we how do we navigate those waters of things like creating my own leadership plan so that people around me know how to make decisions when I'm not there and they know how I would make a decision and how do I prevent those kinds of bottlenecks of, that prevent me from being able to take a day off because I'm the only one that can do what I can do, right? And then there's the, decision, the, the struggles with cash flow, peaks and valleys of, hey, I got really busy doing the work that I love and I forgot to go out and Grow my business, right? Um, or it just became lower on the priority. I knew I should do it, but it just got low on the on the priority list. So those are all things that that challenge leaders. Another big challenge I see sometimes is just a commute. A con, i mean, we call it the conundrum between sales and marketing in our business, and not really knowing the difference between when I'm in a marketing conversation and when I'm in a sales conversation. So these are things that you don't necessarily learn in business school, but in real life, they can be a big ouch, right?
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, and I, I talk about that uh, sales and marketing uh, conundrum uh, quite a bit. Um, and uh, again, the uh, the book is called "Yes, you can take a day off, but uh, it follows by Escape the Nine Traps of Growing Your Small Business. Nine is uh, that that I'm not sure we're gonna have time to talk about all nine, but I know that they generally speaking fall into three categories, which left unchecked can lead to burnout. So Susan, tell us a little bit about um, the uh, what what you've discovered of of what those categories are, and frankly, how our listeners can avoid it in the week ahead.
3: Sure. So the, they do fall into three major categories. The first category we identify is called the passion killer. And that's when the business owner is just so busy doing everything that they achieve, they, they hit this burnout phase, right? They, it's just not sustainable. They started their business super excited. And then they get to a point where they lose a little bit of direction. Maybe their vision isn't clear. Maybe their own personal leadership isn't clear. So they wanna talk, we wanna fight that passion, that trap. The second trap that we talk about is really what we would call the communication killer traps. And those are traps where we don't really, um, sometimes we are plagued by um, persistent problems in communicating with employees or vendors and finding ourselves you know, always going back and if you're in the construction world the, the word change order might mean a lot to you, right? So we're always having to make changes and, and adjustments. We really haven't learned how to be an effective communicator Whether that's internal, like one to one communications, or to the marketplace. And then the last trap we identify is really we call these revenue killers. And these are beliefs that just don't line up with the way that we need to go about generating revenue. Uh, One most common one that I hear is I'm not a natural born salesperson. I started my business because I'm a really good, you know, you fill in the blank, but um, I'm not really good at sales. And we have to kind of Learn to adjust that belief and understand that, hey, as the sales, as as a business owner, whatever size business we choose to have is but We will always be the number one salesperson, whether that's we have a team of salespeople working for us or we're the we're a solopreneur. Either way, we have to overcome some of those traps.
0: Absolutely. And uh, you you said the word, you know, big business. And no doubt our listeners are again, uh, nodding their heads uh, vigorously on many of the points that you just mentioned, um, which are so, so important. um, And passion uh, is just resonates uh incredibly with me and again having a vision mission and values for every organization regardless of size is so important but susan i know you've had a lot of experience again in the technology space your co-author um certainly as well in the uh in the franchise um world as well so is the are are these tips or these, frankly, these categories of things to uh, to watch out for, um, is it applicable really to any uh, to any size organization, any uh, industry, uh, regardless of who might be tuning into this program?
3: Great question. Yes, we really tried to work this, to write this book in a manner that if you were somebody thinking about starting a business, you could begin by laying out a plan on, okay, here's some things I want, some trouble I want to stay out of. Or if you're in a large business, these are also things that you can think about, whether you think about it from a departmental perspective or from my overall uh, perspective of running my business. Because what I believe personally is that everything generates from the leader. So the leader first has to identify his or her own um, directions, their own passion, their personal passion. And those things then drive the company's personal passion, or excuse me, the company's passion. And then that connects. So, so whether you're running a small business or a large business, uh, that definitely has is a connection that most people need to make. Here's what I know is people will always work harder for their goals than they will for yours. So you need to be very clear about what your goals are and then help your people to connect those goals to their their goals, to the company goals. Well, if you haven't identified what yours are, it's really hard for you to take that next step.
0: That's such great advice. And um again, I'm chatting with the uh the co-author of the book, Yes, you can take a day off. Escape the nine traps of growing your small business. Um, we're uh we're approaching the end of our time here. And uh, I'm curious, uh, obviously we're having this conversation in September of uh 2021. And uh I when when did this a process start of writing this book was it true? Uh, Pre COVID and and things evolved in 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 this COVID world, or how did the, how did the timing of writing this book develop? <laughs> so
3: we actually started writing the book. Um, I want to say right as COVID began, so it wasn't um, like a reaction to COVID that we began writing this book. We the the book the um, inspiration from the book actually came from. One of our internal people here in, in our world that said uh, she's a contractor for us. And she said, you know what? I just somehow struggle as an entrepreneur to keep a good work-life balance. And so that's where it really came from. And then, of course, COVID hit. And um, we found that more and more entrepreneurs we're, were struggling. It was just exponential.
0: So it's a great book. And I want to encourage our listeners to, uh, to pick up a copy. Um, Susan Sykes, uh, how can people uh, find out more about you and, uh, and find a copy of the book?
3: So the book is available on Amazon.com or they can go to Sandler forward slash take a day off, Sandler.com forward slash take a day off. So uh, that's where they'll find it. They can order it there.
0: Absolutely. It's a great read. Um, Again, nine traps that fall into three categories. uh, And I'm personally biased on that passion, vision, mission, is So, so important. Susan Sykes, thank you so much for joining us. We are going to squeeze in a quick break, more small business jobs and entrepreneurship when we return. um, And uh, I'll be sharing some tips on how you can work remotely uh, later on in the program. So don't touch that dial. You're listening to Get Down to Business. We'll be right back. To Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. So excited to have my next guest on the program. Brandon Wilson is a survivor of leadership sabotage, and he's going to share a story and advice. But he is uh, one of the world's best communicators, and I see that even just from our few minutes um, off air over here. Brandon Wilson, welcome to the program.
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Such a pleasure. Uh, we're going to talk about your book called sabotage. Um, but I want to start by talking about you, Brandon, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, um, and how you ended up in this world of entrepreneurship.
1: Wow. Thank you for, for, for having me on. And thanks for that question. Uh, You know, let me just start off by saying that guests traditionally do a really poor job of introducing themselves. Uh, And so I will try not to to fall in line with that. And, And I'll start off by saying that I am a developer of leaders. I also specialize in taking small businesses and making them large. And I also have a passion for connecting really influential and skilled leaders to really audacious and bold projects. That's what I do every day, and uh, and it's exciting. Uh, it's an exciting and adventurous uh, career to be in. Uh, I founded uh, my company nearly 20 years ago. It is called Wheelbrun. Wheelbrun Inc. is a uh, strategic communications firm that does all of those three things that I just shared with you. and And it started with a briefcase that uh, my wife gifted me and a set of business cards that a buddy made. Uh, For me, probably using PowerPoint or something like that.
0: Well, I have a feeling those those business cards have probably run out and the briefcase has probably been uh, worn and tattered. And I agree with what you said, that guests often don't do a great job introducing because you're very humble and modest. You've been all over on CNN, the Today Show, Fox News, Um, all over the place in uh, talking about those leadership skills. But Brandon, I want to get the negative out of the way right from the beginning. So we can talk all about uh, your area of expertise and provide that expertise to our listeners. Um, You've been a, as I said, a survivor of leadership sabotage that cost you almost a million dollars. Can we uh, talk about that story, Brandon?
1: Don't mind at all. Don't mind at all. You know, my, 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 bout with leadership sabotage is a cautionary tale and, and it's also something that I feel like I went through so that other leaders don't have to experience it. Before I get into the my, my personal story, I, I am surprised at how pervasive sabotage is in our leadership journeys, yet how woefully ill-prepared leaders are to face it, to address it, and to overcome it. And I am no exception. You know, I had grown a business from Like I said, they set up business cards and a briefcase knocking on doors. Uh, The the business took off. The the agency started to grow. And I got to a place where I rapidly and quickly start to say, hey, I think I can adopt a strategy where I will grow by acquisition, meaning I will buy other companies. Uh, And I talked to my wife about it. We said, listen, we're going to pursue this. Will you support me? She said, yes. Uh, we're gonna and then in a year time we're gonna buy our first business move to a a better neighborhood have our first baby and and all and life would just be grand Uh, i get a phone call that set the wheels in motion a good friend of mine shared that there was uh uh, someone who was interested in selling me their business and he wanted to put us together uh he introduced us uh, we hit it off uh it was an older business and uh, and uh, and and so I would be buying history but also a million dollars worth of book of business and so when we connected i was really eager and excited about it and i looked at the goal line and forgot about the journey and that journey that that was that i was taking on in many ways uh established an uneven relationship i was against the advice of my legal counsel uh, i was uh, encouraged by him to set up a third entity, Called for the asset sale, and we would start putting our money into this third entity. And then, when I would buy, I would buy the assets and not the debt. Uh, I did it without the the advice of legal counsel, and I did it because I started to believe in uh, the deal, and I also started to take the advice uncibits from the the agent of sabotage. And uh, I started putting my money in, putting my money into the third entity. I put some more money in it. Uh, I painted a building, I bought furniture for the company, all while doing due diligence. And about a year and a half or so later, my lawyer called and said, Brandon, where is your money? I said, what are you talking about? I'm putting it in this third entity that we created. He said, you got to come over to my office. I got to show you something. He pulled up the UCC check in the state of Alabama. And that third entity never existed, never even created. Uh, And so we decided to fight back. We said, listen, we're going to we're going to stop giving money to this. We're going to draw up legal separation papers uh, And as if that sabotage wasn't enough. I'm losing all of this money and all of this time. Uh, I hand them the, the, the papers, stop giving them money. Uh, and we sat down and had a conversation. That conversation was really interesting. And I'll in here. Um, he looked at me and said, Brandon, you know, if you uh, don't give me any more of your money, uh, I'm going to kill your wife, and he, he he held at the time an incredible amount of influence. And I looked at him and I kind of puzzled. And he leaned back in his chair. And he said, "Yeah, this is how I'm going to do it. I'm gonna I'm going to uh, call my friends at the police department, and we're going to have some trumped up charges against you. And you'll be able to get out of jail because you got my money." Is what he said. Uh, but what you won't be able to avoid is the, is, is the mugshot, and I'm going to use the mugshot to blackball you from the industry, and I'm going to also use it to embarrass your wife to shame.
0: Yeah. And I, I I know that these experiences um, changed your life and, and propelled you into that entrepreneurial success that we talked about, as well as perhaps even more important, um, helping you give other leaders the tools to, again, see those signs of liber- leadership sabotage. And the book is called Sabotage, available on Amazon. I believe it was just published last month. So uh, That's correct. I'm excited that we're having this conversation so early on. So, Brandon, we only have a few minutes and I want to make sure that we get the best advice. I don't want to share all the secrets of the book, um, but I want to make sure that our listeners know in the week ahead, what is the one thing that they can put into place? Brandon, what do you say?
1: The one thing that leaders can put into place to avoid leadership sabotage is uh, is understanding the four horsemen of sabotage. So, I interviewed hundreds of leaders and after I was sabotaged, and, and, and sabotage has the same behavior. And they follow these trends. And so we call them I call them in my book, The Four Horsemen of Sabotage. And you can read the book yourself uh, to learn about what what they are and the activities. But they are jealousy. Arrogance, lying and seduction. And whenever any of these horsemen ride into your life, you know that there's a set of, of 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 sabotage. Or activity that betrayal or that betrays or steals from us that might be coming. And so that's the first step is identifying the horsemen that are in your life that may be in position to stymie your leadership
0: journey. That's incredible, and Brandon. Aside for the book, I think you should uh, develop a uh, a documentary or something like that, and and share the story because it's it's unreal. And I'm I'm just so grateful that you and and obviously your family um, have uh, come out of this no doubt so much stronger, and that you're brave <laughs> enough to share the story. Um, and uh, and we have and-
1: that child too. Her name is Kenny. She's she's three years old, and so we 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 not only survived. You're right. We we we've come out. Thriving and and and, more, and stronger than ever.
0: Absolutely. Well, you you have come out stronger than ever. And, and I want to make sure our listeners know where they can, uh, of course, uh, find a copy of the book, but also get in touch with you because I know you and your team, are. you guys are just working wonders. And I, I hear the passion um, just oozing um, from your voice. I know you love what you do. And uh, I know you love talking to people on your website. You give people the opportunity to schedule those 30-minute uh, consultations. So I want to give all of our listeners that opportunity.
1: Yeah, if you want to connect with me, if you have some leadership challenge or if you have something on your mind or breakthrough that you're trying to get get out, uh, I am quite generous with with my insights and my management consultancy and sharing with leaders. So visit brandonwilson.co. That's brandonwilson.co to learn about me and to schedule 30 minutes with me. You can also purchase the book. At BrandonWilson.co. When you hit the buy now, it'll take you to Amazon. There is a paperback version, an ebook. There's also an audio book as well uh, for those who like to listen to books in their car. Uh, and so BrandonWilson.co is how you access uh, me and also access the, the incredible insights uh, in Sabotage.
0: Absolutely. And Brandon, I, I've learned something um, about authors, really good authors. There's always the sequel. There's always a follow-up. So I know your next book will uh, will be packed full of advice. So Brandon, stay in touch, my friend. Appreciate your expertise on the show. Um, brandonwilson.co. And, uh, and we're going to, again, squeeze in a quick break. We're going to talk some headlines, some commercials, and we'll be back more small business jobs and entrepreneurship when we return in just a moment. Chicago, you're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. So transitioning to a work from home life can be difficult. So I wanted to talk about some uh, work from home tips that can make you so much more productive and safeguard your mental well-being in home life for fairly obvious reasons remote work has exploded since early 2020. I'll let you uh, try to guess why. Although this was already an ongoing trend, the emergence of COVID-19 kicked it into overdrive with more people than ever doing their work from home. So I wanted to talk about some of the things that I've seen and have heard that is working well. The first step to working from home is to actually find work that you can do remotely. For many, the step happened automatically because many businesses shifted from having workers come into the office to performing their labor from the comfort of their own homes. Your company isn't among one of those, whether you're an employee or an employer, Uh, If it's starting to, uh, or perhaps you're starting to call workers back to the office as the pandemic winds down, you might be wondering what kind of work you can do remotely and where you can find it. So it may surprise you to learn that you can do all sorts of work remotely, although we can't tell you what work you'll want to do. This will largely depend on your skills and interests, but there's a lot of things you can do like marketing, search engine optimization, graphic design, writing, teaching software engineering, photography, video editing. Those are just a few of the examples. There's a lot of remote work job boards out there and where you look will largely depend again on what kind of work you want to do. But there's a really awesome website that I wanted to share with you, our awesome listeners, and it's called upwork.com. On that website, you can find all sorts of work, including teaching, software engineering, writing, online marketing, and frankly, anything in between. One downside is that Upwork is somewhat more selective than other job boards, and you'll need to put some work into creating your profile before they'll actually accept you. Another downside to Upwork is that once you earn more than $500 through the site, it's going to start taking a cut of your future gigs. That said, many people use the site merely as a way to connect with employers and continue the relationship outside of the platform, circumventing the commission. But there's also a lot of other good websites like hubstaff.com, fiverr.com, which have the benefit of being a little bit easier to get started on the platform. You can also use job boards like problogger.com and bloggingpro.com and uh, lots of great uh, resources so definitely do some research and if you're committed to trying to work from home um, and trying to find uh, the work that you can do then make sure you are checking out those sites but again regardless of what you're going to be doing um, there's certain steps you're going to need to take one of the biggest challenges that i've seen for remote workers is productivity Although many find that it's actually easier to be more productive without coworkers stopping by for a chat every 15 minutes. Working from home comes with a bunch of new challenges and distractions. So here's a couple of uh, quick tips for you. Create a morning routine. Without the morning commute into the office, it can be difficult to maintain a routine for getting out of bed, getting started with the day. If you follow that same routine every morning, whether it's that good cup of coffee, a workout, a healthy snack, then it'll be much easier to make sure you get into a productive frame of mind once you start working in the morning hours, and set a stable schedule. Similar to that last step, staying productive is much easier when you have a set work schedule that doesn't wildly alternate day by day. Create set office hours for yourself. Make sure you don't let other concerns distract you during those times. On the flip side, you should avoid letting your work bleed into your off time as well. Make sure you get the right equipment. One of the downsides of not being in the office is you might not have access to all of the right equipment to ensure efficiency and productivity. So computer is obvious, but other things like an extra monitor, a high-performance router, a comfortable chair, an ergonomic desk setup, and any other home office equipment specifically related to your fields can also help. The right equipment can make you go from feeling like you're pulling teeth to flowing smoothly. And uh, on that note, actually, uh, sometimes sitting hunched over a coffee table will actually really wreck your back in the long term. In fact, even sitting on a regular chair at a desk is an ideal, which can lead to long term health issues like chronic neck pain, carpal tunnel syndrome. So if you have a dedicated space to your work, investing in an ergonomic chair and maybe even a standing desk can save you a lot of pain down the road and make sure you track your time. Uh, It's easy to get distracted if you're working from home or or a workspace. The most important step to avoid uh, is make sure, again, you're tracking your time. Knowledge is power and there's tons of different time tracking software like Time Warp. that can give you insight into how you're actually spending your time on different tasks and make sure, again, you're staying organized um, with your calendar. Make sure you're, again, staying organized with your clients because again, you're not going to have people that are going to hold you accountable when you're in that environment, and on that note, make sure you're taking breaks when you need them. About casual social interaction, and small talk with coworkers, it can be easier to forget the breaks that you need to take. Whether it's quick five-minute rest, proper lunch break, long walk, you may find that taking a breather and stepping away from a problem makes it much easier to focus and solve once you get back to it. And get that fresh air. Make sure you go for walks occasionally, and uh, in- encourage communication and schedule video calls. All of these things will allow you to be productive from your home office environment. I hope you find this helpful. We're going to continue our conversations all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship after a quick break, but be sure to check out our sponsors, Tom Mirabali from healthplanchicago.com, healthplanchicago.com for all of your health insurance, Affordable Care Act needs. Lots of great information on his website, including a blog. And Be sure to get on my website, ShalomKlein.com, so you can download podcasts from the past eight plus years of shows. Again, a quick break here and get down to business. We'll be right back when we return on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, this show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. I've been so excited for this next conversation. We know that uh, the ability to attract and retain uh, the most talented candidates can make or break a company. And that's exactly what my next guest, uh, Brian Adams, who together with uh, co-author Charlotte Marshall have uh, have talked a little bit about of, of, uh, of of how to uh, how to scale how to build uh, a company and that's again something that's all over the news and I wanted to share uh, the the expertise with our listeners Brian welcome to the program
2: Hey thanks for having me I'm excited to be talking to you
0: Absolutely Brian um, let's talk about you first. Um, Give and get employer branding. It's such an important topic and it's the uh, topic of of your new book, but uh, you've developed your expertise. So, how did you uh, get into this line of work? I'm assuming it was long before COVID and uh, the latest challenges that we've been facing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm a recovering marketeer. So, we've been, we started out uh, 17 years ago as, as a full service marketing agency and gradually over the the years we've honed into specialists of employer branding. And essentially, we fell in love with this side of of branding. So rather than branding to attract customers, it's branding to attract people. Uh, And, you know, it makes a huge difference to organizations. And and more than that, uh, we find that a lot of organizations uh, with best intentions are, are getting it wrong.
0: Absolutely. So true. So true. So the book is called "Give and Get Employer Branding." So I want to get into uh, get into those those words, those big words, the G words, "Give and Get." How do you develop um, that mutual value exchange sort of platform, and what does it mean to you?
2: Yeah. So uh, inherently, with it being so competitive to attract talent to your organizations, organizations typically put their best foot forward, and they talk about the strengths, the benefits, and the opportunities. Uh, to, to work uh, inside your organization. Uh, and essentially what you're trying to do there is you're trying to brag your way to find the best talent. You know, and the talent audience these days are smarter than that, you know, and also you know, they spend between six and eight hours researching your company before even considering applying. And actually what they're wanting to know is what does it take to thrive? You know, what are you not telling me that I need to find on Glassdoor or other types of platforms? So the give and get, you um, methodology of employer branding is simply um, stating what you've got to give in order to get those benefits, including the harsh realities, the adversities, the sacrifices, the commitments, all of the stuff that people want to know. They end up finding it out from somewhere else, Um, but we own the narrative and put it across in a context that makes sense to people. So the upshot is you don't just get uh, a spike in more applications for each vacant role uh, you get more of the right applications, and that's what organizations need and want ultimately.
0: For sure, and again, I'm chatting with Brian Adams, the CEO and founder of uh, PH Creative, um, and which has been recognized as the uh, as one of the leading employer brand agencies in the world, with clients such as Apple, American Airlines, GVC. Um, and uh, Brian, I uh, I bring that up only to say that all of our listeners are. Uh, are, are nodding and saying, 100%, that's exactly the issue. But they're, but they're wondering, is that something that's only true of one of those large companies that I just mentioned? Can their small business do exactly, take those same steps and accomplish the same piece of, again, as you say, the give and get employer branding? So Brian, my question of you is, It does do the same principles that apply to large organizations apply to small businesses too?
2: Yeah, I think it applies even more so to small business. I mean, I remember starting out and made several um poor hiring decisions uh, that almost put me out of business, uh, you know, years many years ago. And when we're hiring people and we're trying to scale, um you know, every position needs to contribute significantly, and if you get that wrong, you know, it can be detrimental to to your business, it can damage your your culture, um you know, and a whole host of, of other sort of negative uh, effects there. So I would say it's 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 super important to um, hire, grow in the culture you want rather than scale and, and then be faced with the challenge of changing the culture. but you know finding people who fit into your team who can um, match the culture, add to the culture, you know you get so much more than than just hiring people for competencies. It's incredibly important for small business.
0: Absolutely. and one of the things that I find fascinating in the book is uh, how the give and get employer branding uh, philosophy equips uh, leaders at all levels with the ability to, turn an entire workforce into ambassadors and advocates because everybody gets behind it. So uh, Brian, we have this conversation airing on a Sunday evening. What is the one thing that you want our listeners to put into practice in the week ahead?
2: So when, you, when you're when you writing job descriptions, when you're thinking about your organization and hiring and retaining um, great people, don't be afraid of um, talking about the, the negative aspects, the downsides, the harsh realities, the adversities, because actually everybody already knows what people are looking for is uh, appreciation and acknowledgement and the true picture of what it really takes to thrive. And if you do that, it actually elevates the benefits and adds more value to your brand and people understand what you stand for. So it, it's a much more meaningful story to tell.
0: Oh, that's that's fascinating. And, and you talk in the book... And we are going to make sure that our listeners know where they can uh, where they can find this fantastic read. You talk about also developing candidate personas. Can we talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah. So you know what it takes to attract somebody in finance is different to attracting somebody in your sales team, to operations. An engineer is very different to a marketer. You know, but you've got one company uh, knowing what to dial up and dial down based on priorities and preferences is, is really important. You know, you want one single truth, but you also want to resonate uh, and empathize with your talent audience. And that means segmenting your audience um, and understanding that, um, you know, when, you, when you're going for attracting mm-hmm. people, you need to get specific.
0: Absolutely. That's great advice. And I want to squeeze in a lot more advice from you. Again, Brian Adams, the author of Give and Get Employer Branding. Um, we're going to squeeze in a very quick break. Brian will return with us in just a moment. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. I am back with uh, best-selling author, Brian Adams, the author of the book, Given Get Employer Branding Repel the Many and Compel the Few with Impact, Purpose, and Belonging. Three keywords that resonate tremendously. And Brian, you and I have been talking a little bit about, uh, again, employer branding and uh, talking about the you know big companies, small companies. One of the things that I find interesting is building that reputation and um, everybody's scratching their heads and wondering, how do you build a reputation when you're just getting into business? When you're just a new small business owner, you're just establishing a new brand, a new entity. Brian, what's your advice?
2: So the biggest challenge that we see in organizations large and small is setting out your store to build a reputation for being the best employer or the, the most attractive place to work. And actually, if you think about it, it's just super intangible. My advice is to get specific with what is it about your organization that people care about and are going to want to work for and towards. And typically that means focusing on your culture as a strength, uh, as your citizenship as a strength and how you sort of impact the world or um, how you are a career catalyst and you can um, propel people's careers forward. If you get specific from that perspective, you can look for stories that, uh, that really emphasize what you stand for and start to build a reputation that means something.
0: That's uh, powerful advice and 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 great information. And um, actually, earlier in the show, we were talking about vision, mission, and values, um, which is super important to me. Um, you talk about impact, purpose, and belonging. So, on many levels, uh, people again hear those things and they say, "Wow, that sounds interesting." But how do I how do I do that when I'm dealing with the day to day chaos? Can uh, can, again, employer branding be aspirational as well? I think it's got to
2: be aspirational. Otherwise, your your leadership in your business, your C-suite or your, your uh, owner, isn't going to buy into um, your employer brand. Your employer brand needs to have an element of aspiration. Otherwise, it's not gonna be congruent with the direction of of travel for your business. Your employer brand strategy should be a bridge between the reality of today and the reality of where you go and want to be tomorrow.
0: Wow, absolutely. Um, You've shared some great expertise, great advice with our listeners. Uh, Again, the book, uh, Give and Get Employer Branding, Repel the Many and Compel the Few with Impact. Purpose and belonging. I can't say it uh, strongly enough. I encourage all of our listeners to pick up the the book um, written by employer brand experts Brian Adams and Charlotte Marshall. Again, talking about traditional branding, uh, which includes as we've been talking about selling company strengths. Um, and uh, bottom line, you know, you you don't focus on that, it's going to lead to poor candidate selection. You focus on the right thing, you're going to get the right people. And we all know that it's people that make. The business, uh, a success um, 100%. So Brian, I want to make sure our listeners know where they can uh, pick up a copy of the book and get in touch with you. Um, Do you have a website that you can share?
2: Sure. You can go to ph-creative.com or the books available on uh, amazon.com or uh, all large bookstores.
0: Absolutely. Well, uh, definitely encourage our listeners to pick up a copy of the book and uh, get on that website. Brian Adams, your pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. And I look forward to uh, bring you on as a subject matter expert again uh, on future episodes. So again, thank you very, very much. And uh, that is a wrap here for us on Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Check out our sponsors, Tom Mirabali from HealthPlanChicago.com for all of your health insurance needs. Be sure to check out uh, my website, ShalomKlein.com. That's where you can download podcasts from the past eight plus years um, of shows all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Get on your favorite podcast app, um, Apple, Google, Spotify, it really doesn't matter, but you can find Get Down to Business. And my other podcast called We All Serve, um, where again, uh, eight plus years of shows with amazing leaders like uh, Brian Adams, Susan Sykes, Brandon Wilson, and all of the many people that we have each and every week on the show. Check out my website, shalomkline.com, and make sure you click um, rate, subscribe, review, view and share. It makes it easier for people to find the show. So to success, let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM560, The Answer. Have a great week.